Ryan Charaba is a motivational speaker. You will see why in a moment. He is a former Navy chief. He quit a job you don't quit. He's a life, love, and relationship coach. And he believes that if you're not sure what to do, so you're just not doing anything, but you have a number of choices, you could do this, you could do that, you could do this, you could do that, make a list of five or six things that you could do. Throw them in a hat, draw one, and do it. You won't be stuck anymore, and you'll know if that was the quote-unquote right thing to do or not. I hope you enjoy this interview with Ryan Sharaba. We had a great time recording this episode, so we just jump right in. Life knew all the answers long before we came. So look up to the sky and see the stars all shining bright. Don't know about tomorrow, but so I actually wanted to ask you your last talking point first. The, yeah, go for it. I'm super excited. The things to you wanted to talk about are all super interesting, so I'm very happy to share it. Um, but and I know you as a way shower. I don't. I haven't met you that much, but mm-hmm. the time that we've spent together, I think, was just so deep that it seems like I've known you for a really long time. For sure. And what do you define? Like, how do you define yourself as a way shower? This is actually my own question. I'm going to get to your question later. But, no, I love this question. Like, how, how, when did you realize you are a way shower, and how does it kind of, how do you show up as a way shower? Okay, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to start a while ago. So, recently I've done, um, do you know Brandy Counter Joe? She runs Girlfriends here in Hawaii. I know who she is, yeah. Okay, so her and I are doing a couple collaborative things, and we, we got together with this other person named Bessie, and we were collaborating for this event in August. And we did this exercise, and the exercise was go write down your earliest memory, and then like write down right now, and like on a timeline form, and then fill in every single thing you can remember. I mean, in 15 minutes, like this is an exercise that would never end if you just kept going. But in 15 minutes, write down all the major events, good, bad, or indifferent, on this timeline and then see if you can find like a theme. And so it was really interesting doing this exercise and noticing how long I've been actually doing what I'm doing now to answer your question. I realized this is what I'm supposed to be doing sometime while I was in the Navy. And this was probably at about my 17 and a half year point in the Navy. And this is after 17 and a half years of me choosing to stay in a job that I don't want to do. I had like a mental, I guess, mental breakdown. It was like, I think it's more fun to call it like a Jerry Maguire moment where I'm like standing in there. I'm like, I'm leaving. Who's coming with me? And I left. I knocked on my cabin's door and I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. There was a handful of the night before I sort of tried to fight my exo. And I was just like all these emotions, like finally that I've been pushing down for years and years and years are like all like erupting violently out of my body. And I'm like, I've got to go. It's either I either leave or I stay and die. And that was on the 27th of March of 2015. So this is a little over three years ago. And that day when I quit like that portion of my job and left, I was like, I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be in. And I remember um, my XO, my captain and my chief of the boat who were like three of my eight bosses were telling me, you're not allowed to quit. You're Navy chief. You're in a contract blah, blah, blah. You're not allowed to quit. And I was like, that's a lie. It's a falsehood. It's completely lie. Go ahead. 
What is an XO? I'm not sure what that is. Exe- my executive officer is like the number okay. two in charge. Okay. He's like number two in charge of my boat. And I was like, I'm going to prove it to you. And more importantly, I think by me saying I'm going to prove it to you, it was really me proving it to me that I could go be whatever I wanted to be. And I could be this person inside of the Navy and still be okay. Because deep down I knew because I was under this contract that they, they couldn't fire me just as much as I couldn't quit. So they just sent me to a different station and it was, they sent me to a station where all the, and these are all the negative words, but all the rejects and all the losers and all the quitters and all those people are, it's like there was 175 men there, sailors in this building called transit division. And they're all either in trouble, they're in processing to get out or they're awaiting their next duty station. But most of the people in there, probably a good 75, 80% are, there because they're in some sort of trouble, you know, mental health. Maybe they got in trouble in the Navy. They're not coping well. They're not adapting well. And so for the next two and a half years after that, I began practicing what I'm doing now and leading people from a place of love instead of from a place of fear. Getting to know these sailors and encouraging them to share their stories so that they could perhaps start to feel a little bit of a confidence about actually doing the things they want to do and use me as an example of what happens if you lie to yourself for 17 and a half years. And so that would, that would be the day that I was like, this is who I am. But then go back to that exercise. And I start looking at all these things. I moved 35 times before I was 18 years old. My family was very poor. They weren't in the military. My parents were 18 when they had me. My dad did drywall. He planted trees and wherever the contract was, we moved to. And I have a list of these places. And so I was always, I was always pretty positive and I always wanted everybody to be happy. So that was the themes on this exercise as I was picking things out. I was like, oh, I've always been the person that's like kind of putting people together and bringing people together and building teams. And then even though I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 18 and I decided to go into the Navy, I went in the Navy to build teams and to build things and to lead people and to help people be more than they think they are. So now I look back and realize that, that I've been way showing as long as I can remember. Yet the 27 March 2015 was like the day, like the day when I was owning it. I was like, this is who I am. And then streamlining that process at, at the time, it felt like month by month or week by week. And now I'm realizing that I'm really streamlining that process, like even moment by moment, like even while we're having this conversation, like adapting and evolving to what that means and how I am showing people the way. So it was a very long way to answer your question. No, I love it. I love it. I am a a woman of many words, usually. Basically, because I just want, (laughs) I just want to say everything. Um, That was Mm -hmm. beautiful. And I just, I absolutely love how you have the realization that, yes, you always were a way shower and you've always been what you are. But that date, because the more I ask people, of course, everybody's response is different. And mm-hmm. most people say, no, not even most people say it's, they either say it was like, this was it, or I don't know. I just know. Mm-hmm. And there's those, those are the kind of the two main responses. For sure. And it just really resonates with me as like, I don't really know, but then there are some, um, some events in my life that, made it oh yeah more apparent and more apparent 
Yeah. And I can go, I can go backwards and like go 27 March, 2015. And then I can go, this is the next date right behind this. And this is the next date. And it's like all these yeah. waypoints where it's like these big realizations like, okay, I'm walking this direction. I'm going to adjust here because this is no longer okay. It's like these really, really hard lines drawn in the sand where it's like, okay, I was okay living this way up to this point. And there's like a hard stop being like, I am not able to take physically any more steps in this direction here. So I have to move and do something different. And yeah. And I mean, I've had, I had an event with Kimi and Pua like seven months ago before you and I met. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and I do massage therapy and people's phones <laughs> will ring or whatever. And I'm just like, I really don't care. <laughs> like, nice. So that phone ringing in your background just makes me hope that it's a client of yours. That's like, I want to get on a call with Ryan because yeah. I know he's going to change my life. So <laughs> me um, too. That's I'm going awesome. for that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of I honestly didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. So oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that kind of leads me into in your bio that you sent me. You mentioned that you believe that dreams are just a series of choices away. And mm -hmm. I want you to expand on that because I really, I feel that and I see you living it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, what can you share about that? So one of the biggest challenges when I got into coaching and into like the space about really dealing with mental health and helping people move to a different place in their lives was that there was always this big, this big emphasis on holding space. And although I believe holding space is extremely powerful, I have seen sometimes, and this isn't a blanket thing, this is just my experience of it, where space is almost being held for too long. And then yes. people are just sitting there. It's just like um, emotionally masturbating each other. You know, it's just like, it's just sitting there, forgive me for the crass thing, but it's just like, oh my goodness, it's being your feelings and just stuff, which is important. But eventually you have to take an action. You know, and it's a delicate balance by which is better. And sometimes I'll sit there like I, I use an example of the last time I got the flu. I like the stomach virus. Mm -hmm. And I remember up to this point, like the day before I was like in some, can I swear? This is your sure. podcast, the family free zone. I was in my shit about something. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh my God, everything is terrible in my life and my businesses. Da, da, da. And then I got the flu and I was like, oh stuff can't be this worse. And I remember talking to Kimi and Pooh about it. And they're like, I'm sick. And they're like, just be with your sickness and be okay. Cause something good is coming. And it's kind of like this, this up and down in life. Right. And I remember waking up one morning and being like, I'm not sick anymore. And then this thing clicked about my business or my life or whatever the problem was. Like, I don't remember what it was. And I just started doing things based on this thing that kind of came up. And then I would do this one thing and then it would reveal something else. And I would do this other thing and reveal something else. And sometimes the experiments would go really well. And sometimes they wouldn't go really well, whatever those words mean for the individual. And so I think it's really important to be with yourself, to notice what's coming up, but then take actions on that from a heart space. Because you can sit there for so long and just be like, I'm just going to hold space till something happens. I'm just going to hold space. I'm going to wait till the universe gives me whatever I need. The universe is already giving you all this. It's right here. Ah, the yes. light, <laughs> the, the aura, the feeling you get, this beacon, this waypoint, this thing. And it's just asking you to like act on it. Go find out what happens 
because the unknown is literally everything. And if you're just sitting here waiting for the unknown to answer your questions, it doesn't do it that way. It doesn't. You can look back on that timeline in your life and you can visibly see there was my answer. There was my answer. There was my answer. I didn't act on that. And this is what happened. I acted on that. And this is what happened. The evidence is everywhere. Yes. You answered my question. Yeah. yeah. So just and do things and see what happens. Yes. And that is so perfect. It, it, <laughs> the whole sitting in your emotions. Mm-hmm. So and a lot of my audience probably lives in this town, but I lived in Ashland, Oregon for a while. And Ashland, Oregon is known for its like kind of spirituality. There's a mm-hmm. lot of kind of lost souls that go there, people that go there for healing. It's a place that when I went to, I had just gotten divorced. I kind of was just like, okay, I know who I am, but I don't know how to be who I am at all because I've never been me. And I went there and I was held. I was like really held and all my shit came up, but I was also held. But then there's that point in time when I knew, and this was like a solid, oh my God, I'm either here and I need to like really dig in and work on my business and make it work here now, or it's time for me to go. And when I, when, when that like realization, that choice came up, in my mind, I, my whole body was like, Oh, it's time to go. It's time for me to leave. <laughs> yes. It's time to go. Yeah. And, um, and then I went and I came to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, how did you make your choice to move to Hawaii? That was it. Oh, how do, um, I had come, I had been to the big Island. I, I visited a friend oh, cool. on the big Island. That's That trip is a whole nother podcast. So I'm not going to get into that. No, it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah. I'm just curious. But yeah, so I had been to the Big Island. Um, I had lived on the West Coast for about three years. And a lot of people, there's a lot of connection to Hawaii on the West Coast. So mm-hmm. I, I knew a lot of, more about it than I did ever when I lived in Minnesota, like thinking that Honolulu is on the Big Island, which most people think. Um, <laughs> most people think that. Um, and so if you, if you do think that right now, I just want to let you know that it's actually on Oahu. And so that's where Ryan and I are right now. Um, And so I had been there. And when I was there, I had the sense like, okay, I'm going to live here someday. However, when it came time for me to move on from Ashland, I really thought like, oh, I could like go woof somewhere, you know, like the willing workers on organic farms, you know, something really hippie like that. Um, And so I was looking at different options, but everything just kind of drew me back to just it's Hawaii. Like, just go now. Why are you putting it off? And, um, I thought that I was going to be moving to the big Island, but when it came time to grab the ticket to fly out, everything in me, I just, I I couldn't get one. It's not like the universe was stopping me. I was stopping me. Like the, whatever internal compass, like my, my internal compass was like, you are flying to HNL. You are not flying to Kona. You're not flying to Hilo. I know you want to go on the big Island and just be a hippie for the rest of your life, but look, you're flying to Honolulu. So fly. So I got it to Honolulu. I did not have, so the first night that I stayed here, I think the first three nights I had had, I'd set myself up with like, because I didn't think I was staying on Oahu. So I didn't try to find a place to live. But I, I set myself up with, um, what, are, what is it called? Air, uh, no, um, couch surfing. No, couch okay. surfing. Couch surfing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so couch surfing. And so I was at somebody's house and then 
I was at a hostel for a couple of days. It was hard to find hostels and it was hard to find couch surfing because I moved the day after Thanksgiving. So it was holiday time and everybody was doing everything with everybody. So it (laughs) was, but um, I met people. I I went here, like I followed my heart. Like, what do I really feel like doing right now? And you know what? There's two instances that I was just like, I don't know if I really want to do that, but I did it anyway. And it just was like the Mm -hmm. biggest waste of freaking time in my life. And I'm like, wow, I really got to start following this now. But when I did, it led me to a string of events that led me to meet my now husband yep. nine days after I landed on Oahu. Wow. See? Oh, my goodness. It's so perfect. And, and it wasn't like this, though. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I found it. No, for sure. So for sure. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not in a relationship right now. I am like, I was so, I felt so <laughs> empowered and so like courageous. Like I just did this thing and I have a backpack yeah. and my guitar and I'm going to go like, I don't know. But that's the, that's the beauty of it. I didn't know. Oh no. And when perfect. you can go into a situation where you're just like, I don't know, that's the best because then you feel and then you just do it. Like you were saying, you just, you just do this and then see what happens and then do this and see what happens. And- well, I think if you really, really, really take the opportunity to notice, there's literally nothing that we know. Yeah. I have no idea what you're going to say next. You have no idea what I'm going to say next. I can't wait I know to hear it though. Together right now. And so many people, and I love that you had like this calling to Hawaii and that's very great. And I'm glad you took that opportunity to follow that. But some people are so sure that they want to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I could go do this. 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 I did it. And they're so stuck in that. I don't know that they don't do anything. So my recommendation to you all who are in that place of like, I don't know what to do next. Make a list of five or six things of the things that you could do. Put them in a hat and pick one and just do that thing. And once you do it, you will know whether it was the right thing or not. You'll know. But that's the only way to actually know is to experience it. And that is we- so beautiful yeah (laughs) and it's so funny because I have this thing where if I don't know what to do I don't do anything like like you said like you don't do anything if you're like I can do this 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 I don't do anything until I feel though so it's I'm still going I know I'm going to do something it's just I'm not Mm -hmm. sure exactly like yeah what so but I love that like just put it in a hat draw it and do it oh my god like the thing is I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong either way. No. Because I believe very, very firmly that it's, it's, it's impossible to make a wrong choice. And the reason I say that is because we make our choices based off our experiences that we currently already possess and the level of awareness we currently have about ourselves. And it's highly individualistic. My experiences are completely individualistic. My awareness of myself is only unique to me. And the next thing that I'm going to say or do or whatever it is after this moment is going to be based off that experience and that awareness. And I'm always going to do the best I can based on those two things. And so if you can buy into that ideology and that little kind of practice thing, like it's impossible to make it like sometimes choices hurt and you scrape your knee or whatever it is, or somebody's feelings are hurt or laundry list of whatever could happen. And sometimes it doesn't feel good, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong doesn't mean that it's a bad choice you know you say wasted time and then you came in into it and you're like I was so this and so that and I was like nah. and like perhaps because that wasn't a tool that you hadn't practiced in a while and you needed to be that for a while so then you can be like okay now I possess this tool and now I'm comfortable with this tool I can go back to the softer version or whatever it is 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And it's right. I love that you mentioned the waste of time because obviously those two things that I did that I can just say like, wow, I, I quote unquote, shouldn't have done that. I don't, I don't actually believe in should, shouldn't either, but mm-hmm. um, it, it, all it did was reinforce my inner knowing in me yes. and I must have needed that reinforcement, right? Yeah. That, that so, awareness level no, of course needs it's to be not raised to wherever it was. Yeah. I have Perfect. a friend that, that also, she, she says nothing is ever wasted and it's just true. I mean, this is life. True. It's just life. One of my models is yeah. like, this is life, you guys. It's really not that big of a deal. It's not. It's not. We take so, ourselves way too seriously. And I definitely want to lead that, that little talk you gave into your, your speaking because you are a public speaker and mm-hmm. very motivational and Thank you. I absolutely love that you're doing this in the world you're, you're just it's you I mean it's like Ryan Tra- yes yes of course you're a speaker <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your speaking and then you know if you want to go into your coaching as well so people have more of an idea of how yeah of course how you um, structure that or if you even structure it so this kind of goes back to my childhood and always wanting to help people come together and share. And when I was in third grade, the math teacher or the teacher wrote down an assignment on the board. And perhaps this sounds familiar to you and your listeners, how they would write like do problems one through 20, do problems 23, 24 and 25, do problems 27 to 30 and then 32 to 36. And they had, and they'd skip some. Yeah. And at the time I was like, right now I was like, she wants me to do all those pages. I thought it was pages. And so I went home. I was like, I'm not doing all those pages. And I didn't do it. My mom's like, do you have homework? Nope. Don't have homework. Okay, sweet. I went to school the next day. Nobody said anything about the fact that I didn't do my homework. So I was like, well, that was way easier. All I have to do is hide whatever. You know, if I don't want to do this, I just hide it. If I don't want to deal with this, I just hide it, hide it, hide it, hide it. And that was like a very beginning of me, like hiding things about who I am, hiding things about that I don't want and I don't want to do. And if I can avoid these certain people and I can just put on the right mask, then I don't have to do that. And this just moved into so many facets of my life and into my relationships of just kind of, and that's just one example. And of course there's way more too, but it's just an easy starting point for me. And so I got divorced five years ago and I was with this woman for eight years and it was just this dishonesty between the two of us of how neither of us wanted to be there. We wanted each other to be different things and we were both lying about who we actually were. And it was just like, what mask can I put on today to win this, to win this um, relationship for the day? And then I remember it was just like another one of these events like this. We, we, were, we both did CrossFit. We were at the gym. And then it was just a bad interaction between the two of us. I won't take up too much time on that. And I was just like, I have to stop. I have to stop the lying. And I had to have a conversation with us. Like, I'm not in love with you. I don't even really like you. I don't even like myself. Like, we have to do this or I'm going to die, like more or less. And then we moved on from that. And so then it was just me and the Navy by myself. And I poured myself into the Navy, like kind of like you were talking about, like I just went, went into it hundred percent. And then I did that hundred percent for like the first time ever in the, in the 15 years that I've been in, which kind of led up to that 17 and a half year point. It was like, okay, you've done this. You've proven to everybody that you're amazing at this. And now it's time to stop. 
And then it came to that conversation with the ex home, the captain, captain, I am not going to do this anymore. I'm physically not capable. It's, I don't believe in it. And it was like starting that honesty and telling people the truth. And so with my speaking, it's just about really sharing who you are, like telling your stories, telling your stories over and over until they're just that stories. And so that you can realize in the moment right now that even though I just, you know, math homework and quitting the Navy and getting a divorce, it was just, those are just events. They don't mean anything because when I look at them, they were all about me just like, it was about truth or falsities, like which, which way we're going to go and taking off the mask or putting it on. And so my speaking is just really about that. And I want to be that example of being honest and how much good it has brought into my life because I've never been so proud to call myself a man, a husband and a father ever since I was just like, what are you going to do today? I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell the truth. Love it. It's literally been that simple and just sharing that message. And in the last week, since I, I recorded a talk in UCLA last month, I posted it a week ago, the outpouring of response that I've got in my, and it was just me telling a story about my wife and I, how we met and about telling the truth. And here's yes. all the bad things that I've done. And I don't care if you know, because it doesn't matter. And yeah. it's just how much my life has changed just since I decided to be honest. has been amazing. It's just been amazing, you know? Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anybody else but me. Yeah. I was going to say, and you know what? That honesty, it's really being honest to yourself. Mm -hmm. and I, I, sure. I relate completely and wholeheartedly. And I think that a lot of people who are way showers aren't conscious of the fact that they're not being, it's, it's yeah, it's like we're so conditioned to a certain way and and as for me when I had homework I had freaking do everything and I would do it as perfectly as possible so I kind of want the opposite way of you but I see that in way stores we're either we're like spectrum right we're either way right right oh yeah way over there and I went yeah. other way and you know what I was a perfectionist I was super self-critical I hated myself mm -hmm. why same because I thought I had to be something I wasn't Mm -hmm. I thought I had. I hated myself because I thought I wasn't what everybody else wanted me to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> this is the same thing. It's a slightly different context. And, and I think that's, that's the general problem with, I think that's the general challenge of so many people. Yeah. Is that they think they're supposed to be this thing when they, and when they're in the dark in the closet by themselves, they're looking at, but I'm this. And they're like this tiny little light, but I'm this, I'm this thing. And it's just like, you just open it up and you'd be like, oh my God, I am this thing. Yeah. guess what? Nobody cares. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody cares. So you true. think they do. You think they do. But they're so worried about themselves. They're like, man, yo, oh, you were this the whole, you were this the whole time? Yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> That's so true. It is so true. And I love, I love that line. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Because. It's all good. Because they I'm have their own, they have their own problems to deal with. Exactly. Everybody yeah. does. So yeah, I just, this is the message I think that Ryan and I both just want to shout out right now. Just don't worry about it. Just be you because it's not that big. Like people are not gonna <laughs> freak out if you're a little bit different today than you were yesterday. Now the people who are closest to you are probably going to be surprised and be like, what's going on. And you know, this happened to me in my mm -hmm. first marriage. I'm also divorced. And you know, I, I was being that mask, that 
that perfect Midwest, like get the job after college, um, get the house, have the, have the husband, you know, and do the life. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, depression, anxiety, you know, it, I couldn't live that way. I, I couldn't. So I did a, a yoga teacher training and then I changed a little bit, uh, quite a bit, but not like a ton until I did Kundalini yoga teacher training. Mm-hmm. And then that shit is like, <laughs> you're so good at it though. I love it. If it's you so are not you <laughs> like Kundalini yeah. yoga, you, you can't even like, it will not let you not be you. So I just started being the crazy yeah. thing I am. And the, my husband at that time just didn't like it. I remember sitting on the couch with him one day and he just said, well, you're like this, like 90% of the time, if you could scale it back to like 60% of the time. (laughs) And my thought is just like, oh shit, (laughs) I'm not at a hundred percent me yet. What do I need to do to get to a hundred percent me? And I'm just like, what, you want me to be depressed again? Like, no, I can't do that. And so yeah, that relationship, obviously, it served the purpose it meant to serve. And mm-hmm. then it was time to let it go for both of us. We're both, I think he's remarried as well. And I just was married a few months ago. So, I mean. Yeah, I hope the listeners are, are listening to that example of people asking you to be less you. Yeah. Take a look at the last five people who texted you. Take a listen to the last five conversations you had. Take a listen to the top five things you're looking at on your Facebook or Instagram profiles. If these people aren't like, be you a hundred percent, it's time to move on from those people and find new people. It really is. And the best, the best thing about that small circle of people that are, that notice you the most when you do change is it's just opportunities for them to grow by you being an example of growth and a hundred percent, I'm going to be a beacon of truth for me. Those people are going to be there. They're either going to be like, I want to do that too. Or they're not. And that's an, it's an easy selection device of who you want in your life. And Truth. it's just, and some people just aren't ready for it. They're just not ready for it. And some people are waiting for you. I'm talking to you listener specifically to be 100% you. They're waiting for you to be that brave example so you can save their life. Boom. It's, it's that simple. You are, are one authentic action away from saving someone's life. I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. Like, I, we're done. that's it's literally it. That's the answer to everything. Love yourself and be authentic because you are somebody else's life, your life. It, it depends on it. It's too valuable. My bio says it's just about choices and my coaching is very simple. Uh, we will sit on a call like this. I will ask you what you want. You will tell me what you want, even though it's not true. Because if you're coming to me and you want to have this conversation, and I'm probably the first person that's asking you that in a very long time. Um, I'll use a specific client. We will call him G. What do you want, G? He's like, what would make your life 10 out of 10 awesome? He's like, I just want to have a day of peace. Okay, sweet. We can do that today. And then once you get that half a day of quiet or peace or to yourself, you're like, oh my goodness, I've got it. Now that want is, that void is empty. Okay, now what do you want? Oh, well, I want to, Go do this. Okay, sweet. Let's go do that. And then once you get there, what do you want now? Oh, I want this. Oh, I had no idea that I was actually ever going to want this. Of course you didn't because you've been wearing this mask and playing this character and dealing with your depression and your anxiety and all these other things for years and years and years and years and years. Lesson one to everybody that's listening, there's nothing wrong with you. 
You're not broken. You're acting exactly as you were conditioned to act. You are a product of your environment and all these other things. It is not your fault that you are messed up. But now that you know that, if you continue to stay here, it is your fault. And so let's go do something different. And that's really it. It's, 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 it's literally that. And I have no attachment to what it is. If you come to me and say you want to be a pastry chef, let's go buy an easy bake oven. We will bake all day and all night. I don't care. I just want you to be 100% you because I know what it feels like to, to be like 4 to 5% me and the other 96% hiding. And I know how amazing it feels to wake up in the morning and be like, I am me and nothing else. I just I know what it feels like and I want you to have that. I just want to share it because I've got plenty to go around. So check me out, ryantrapa.com. Look me up on Facebook. Give me a buzz. The phone number's there. Schedule an appointment. The scheduler's there. First taste is always free. Nice. I was actually going to say, so how do they connect? Um, So Ryan Charaba, it'll be in the show notes, but Mm -hmm. ryancharaba.com and then your Mm -hmm. handles for everything. You are so lucky. Everything is to have a name that you can use. (laughs) At Laura Christina Anderson Mansfield. Esquire. I'm not going to use all four names, but I can't use Laura Anderson was always taken, always taken. Mm -hmm. Laura Christine is now taken and get this. There's a Laura Christine and I think Los Angeles or somewhere who plays guitar, like heavy metal guitar. So there's another music, (laughs) Laura Christine. And I'm just like, no, how is this? It's not fair, but my life has kind of been a story of it's not fair. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Which is crazy ridiculous because like I said, it's life. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it ridiculous. Fair. It is oh fair, guys. It's just life. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's completely fair. It's also <laughs> completely unfair. We live in an infinite universe where everything is real and nothing is real all at the same time. That's amazing. Think about it. If the multiverse theory is real, there's a universe where it is not. Let that yeah. sink in for a moment. Yeah. And you get to pour all your stuff on the table. You get to choose all, you get to look at all the illusions and pick which ones you want to, you want to put energy into. And one of the things that Ryan has chosen is to be a dungeon master. Yep. Fact. I don't understand. Are you talking Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons every weekend. That's so rad. Mm -hmm. And I put that there very intentionally. It's so geeky. It's a deep seated part of who I am. Is it geeky uh, or is it like, oh, it's completely. It's completely nerdy. It's okay. very, very nerdy. There's, there's, there's varying levels of nerdiness based on people's perceptions of whatever it is. And I'm sure some people that are listening to this be like, Dungeons and Dragons is so nerdy. I assure you, come to my game table and you will at a minimum leave with, I get it. You know? Uh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But we have a blast. We have a blast. And the group I'm in, and this was part of my thing. Like after, after that 27 March, 2015, I was like, I'm going to start doing the things that I want to do no matter what. I don't care. And that was one of the things I want to play Dungeons and Dragons again. And I yeah. started, a group. I found a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons in June. I still listen to this day every single week. Shout out to the glass cannon podcast. I started a group that November. We went to Bali in October. I came back. We started in November. We've been playing almost every week ever since. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. I'm going to share it. a nerdy thing that John Go for and I it. do. So John, um, I never, when I was growing up, never had any video games. Never. My parents just didn't, we didn't have video games. I played Mahjong on my computer. I played Prince of Persia, the first three levels, because I couldn't get past that. And Wolfenstein. (laughs) 
on my computer oh, nice. in Jeopardy and where in the world's Carmen Sandiego. Okay. So I had a few things, but I never had Nintendo. I never had, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't have anything right. like that. So John, on the other hand, my husband's name is John. Mm-hmm. He had like Nintendo from the beginning and yeah. things. And here's the thing. So he's kind of back into playing um, Zelda and on the switch. Uh, he doesn't have a switch. No, he oh, went, nice. he's OCD like me and like has to do things in order. Oh, so good for him. He started with Zelda. No, nice. like, number one on the original. I know NES, exactly what you're talking about. He started with that. So, but <laughs> he decided that he wanted to do, he wanted to do it in one life and not die the whole time. So he practiced, practiced, oh, wow. practiced. So one Friday after he's going to hate me for saying this on my podcast. No, this is perfect. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is part of the truth telling. But and listen, I'm, I'm laughing. About... I do. Yeah. I'm laughing right now. So just know mm-hmm. that like, it's not that big of a deal, but one yeah. Friday after work, I get done at three o'clock. We were, we were going to hang out at, at, on this Friday. We were not living together at the time, whatever. So, um, at a, apparently one o'clock, he decided to start playing his Zelda game and he hadn't died by three. And it, he thought that a really good way for us to hang out was for me to come over to his house, his room, <laughs> and watch him play Zelda without dying. This is my favorite story ever. I, it's not mine. <laughs> I was so pissed. <laughs> like we were supposed to hang out. Like this is not cool. But he oh. thought it was like this great idea, and then he, you know, he kind of he he ended up winning. He ended up, he ended up winning. winning. He ended up winning without dying, but I didn't go over there. I oh, went over to his, over. so I went over to his house, yeah. and I hung out outside by his pool. It, he rented a room in Portlock. It was pretty. It was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went outside and just sat there, waiting, because I was, you know, I, I was not into the whole video game thing quite yet. <laughs> so I was just like, whatever, I'm leaving. So I call my work again. I work at a massage place. I call my work. Is anyone available? Yeah, we got somebody. So I went and got a massage. Nice. <laughs> and then later he says he wins. And then now I'm feeling like, oh, you know, I should have just done it. <laughs> but at that point, I was just mad because we were supposed to hang out. And I was right. thinking like, oh, I you're it. supposed to give your attention to me, not your video game. <laughs> so so this, is, this is like the setup. He's done the second game, The Adventures uh-huh. of Link. Um, he's done the third game within one life. And I think the, the little one, the game boy. Yeah. Game. And he's playing them on the actual consoles. Yes. And what he did. Yeah. That's so amazing. I, I bought him a, a, a used super Nintendo for Christmas one year. Um, but yeah, so he doesn't have a switch yet cause he just doesn't need it yet, but he's also nice. drawing maps. So he drew like maps out because when if you want to beat these games in one life, there's so much you got to remember, right? Yeah, you gotta there's remember, just like, yeah. things over here and over there and over here. And I mean, this is a whole new world to me. Seriously. Wow. He has opened I've, worlds that I didn't know existed. <laughs> you've been telling me that me and John need to meet for a really long time. And I I've like, been telling John that he really, needs to meet you. We need to really, we really need, I need more. That's um, something too. And this is for the listeners as well. If anybody is interested in collaboration, I am, I've been collaborating with women for the last like 12 months. And I need some men in my life that want to collaborate on a project. I don't even know what the project is, but if you have an idea, I'm like willing to hear about it. Like shoot me an email or whatever text message or send me a message on Facebook or whatever. I'm, I'm 
looking for bros to work on my next project with, which I don't know what exactly that is. But listen to this. This isn't, that, that wasn't it. That's not the nerdy thing. That's oh, okay. Nerdy. So you know what I've done is I took the map for the second game, The Adventure yeah. of Link, I believe. So we mm -hmm. took that map and I drew out or, or kind of formed a, a, a pattern for cross-stitch. <laughs> and I'm literally cross making a cross-stitch of oh, a Zelda map. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Somebody out there wants to pay you tons of money for that. I would totally let them pay me tons of money for that. I'm telling you, somebody I, out there wants that. It is taking it's, it's, a long time. Oh my goodness. And that's exactly why it's worth so much. <laughs> and, uh, and also there's just somebody out there that would value, that would just be like, this is the most, look, I have a cross-stitch map of the adventure, which is my favorite Zelda game, by the way. It was cool to watch. I did watch it's really cool. that one. Yeah. One yeah, line. it's really cool. Oh, I so also watched him committed to doing all of them in one life. Not all of them because you can't, but, but like all, well, all of them that you can do in one sitting, you know, in one life. Oh, okay, cool. I think the second game, if you end the game, it, you lose a life. Like it counts as a life. So he had to do it all at once. It took him like eight hours or six hours or something. Hmm. It took a long time. Nice. But I've also seen him go through it all the way until the last little thing and then die there. Yeah. But then he the went back and part. tried again. And this is, I think this is a good lesson. But yeah, I, I also think lesson. that it's about time we probably wrap this up. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> this I'm gonna is a long, a long um, talk, which I knew it would be. But I also just realized that you mentioned Kimi and Pua twice. I did. Not Kimi very many Pua people. are so awesome. Probably they're know who they are. Best life ever. Google best life ever. Kimi and Pua, they're freaking radical women they're so awesome they're my business partners for like the last 12 months and we've recently parted ways i mean just i mean business wise as of the end of april and uh and yeah so it's king and pua and there were two of the women that i've been working with those last 12 months and they have been such an amazing impact on my life and my business and the stuff that i do so i'm ha happy to shout them out as me well. too yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're business coaches and they, mm -hmm. they do digital media for people as well. So I'll have them in the show notes since we yeah, for sure. a couple mentions. And yeah. <laughs> so is there any, any last thoughts that you wanted to leave with the Light of Conscience community and anyone listening to this podcast? Tell somebody today something that you've been keeping from them. Something that's important, something that's important to you that you want to share with somebody. Share that with one person, and then just see what happens. And um, I'm willing to bet that it's worth it. So just tell somebody something. Tell somebody the truth about anything, literally anything. That's it. And then do it again and again and again and again and again for the rest of your life, and you will be completely stuck by who you are in this world. So true, and you'll make a huge difference in the world as well. Fact. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me thank today. Thank you so much, of course. I was so excited to have you on the podcast. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing all of the things that you continue mm -hmm. to put out in the world. It's all amazing and just life-changing. All right. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Light of Conscience podcast. We can always continue the conversation in the Light of Conscience community on Facebook bit.ly slash L-O-C community. It's also in the show notes. 
If you think that Ryan might be a good connection for you to have, he is in that community. So seek him out there. And his handles and website are also in the show notes. If you would like to hear more from Ryan, I have included some outtakes in my Club LC. It anchors the light of conscience within you. It's a great opportunity to receive way-showing tools like meditations, regular Reiki, energy healing, tips, songs, mantras, and outtakes from these fabulous <laughs> podcasts. You can join at bit.ly slash club, capital L, capital C. Make sure the LC is capitalized because it is for the light of conscience and Laura Christine. And until next time, we'll see you in the light of conscience. And don't give up on your life. Your dreams give hope.